If I had to actually, if someone came to you and actually describe God, what would you tell him? Awesome. Almighty. Majestic. Forgiving. I mean, this should be like, bam, I shouldn't even have to, I mean, it should be like, boom, 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 you know? Popcorn. Patient. All powerful. Compassionate Savior. Supernatural. You realize when you were singing Prince of Peace, and I know I'm a guy, but I always like to sing the girl part. I just do. I like to sing that whole, you know, I won't sing it because it'd be a problem. You know, you are Lord of Lords, you are King of Kings. Yeah, you know, that whole part. I love that part, you know, because it describes who God truly is. God is majestic. God is awesome. And, and you know, I'm glad to use that word awesome because I get so upset. But I think the word awesome, and especially when I was in the United States of America, is like you ask the person, how are you? I'm awesome. You know, it's like, I'm awesome. You know, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm like, come on. You know, like, really? You know, I, when I think of awesome, I think of God. I don't think that I'm awesome. I don't think that that's awesome as a feeling. But God is truly awesome. And tonight we want to look at Psalm 8. And we watched the video at the beginning and just going through it. But I want to ask you another question. How would you describe humans? How would you describe us? What are some words you would use to describe us? Hmm? Selfish? Failure? Imperfect? Corrupt? Totally depraved. Thank you. Tulip. Um, anyway. How was that okay? You know, it's such a contrast between God and us. But yet, as we're going to see tonight, as we look at God's Word, God is mindful of me and you. God wants to use me and you. He allows us to be a part of His ministry. He allows us to be a part of this world, even though we fail Him over and over and over again. You know, in, in some sense, we could go like that last song, um, and in the first song we sang, and when we said forever for 23 times, we could say we fail God forever, over, over, over. You know, we could keep going on. And it was 23 times. I counted today. We said forever. But we want to look at something. You have your Bibles. I think we have it on the screen as well. Here it is, David, the psalmist is saying, and he starts off, and he says this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? Verse 5, Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Here it is, the psalmist starts off by just saying, Lord, you are majestic, you are awesome, you are 
You are indescribable. We can't even describe you. You are just that great. And then David goes on and, and he talks about, you have set your glory above the heavens. And I don't know, as we look at the stars, and we, and how many of you ever go out and look at the stars? I haven't been on looking at the stars for a long time, but I remember when I was, you know, in a very town area and some nights it'd be dark, pitch black, and you just look at the stars and you see God's beauty. You see what God did. And it goes, and, and it says in verse 2, it says, Out of the mouth of babes. And I, and I, and I looked at this, and I, and I looked at some commentaries on this, and, and it was talking about mouth of babes. How many of you think that babes are cute? When you see a baby, you think they're cute, right? Yeah, everyone's like, you know, you know, almost, I mean, there are some, there are some babies that aren't too cute, right? That's what you would say? Huh? Newborn babies aren't cute? Okay, let's talk about like a one-year-old then. You know, because I know some people think when a baby kind of looks like what? Alien, I see, yeah. Uh, <laughs> A frog? You all are wrong. Anyway, we ain't going to describe it anyway. But as I was looking at this and I was talking about babies, the point what it was saying was this. In Israel time, babies were very insignificant. They weren't like what we would think of as cute. You know how we look at a baby sometimes, like a one-year-old, two-year-old, say, oh, you're so cute. But on, up until they became of age to work in the farm and to work and do work, that's when they became prominent, or they became useful in a sense. They were insignificant. And that's why David is here describing, and he says, out of the mother bays and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. And this is where I don't understand how people can say that there's no God. When you go in, outside and you look at the stars, you look at, you go to the beach. We live in a nice, beautiful place in the Bahamas. And you go to the beach, and you see that wonderful water. How can we say that that just appeared? You see, God reveals himself through his creation. God reveals himself through the things that he created. You know, actually, Chris was telling us last night, um, as they were coming in um, on Wednesday, a lot of tourists was on the, the plane. And you know, especially those college students who are away as well, when you're coming in back to the Bahamas, you look at that water and you're like, man, that is so beautiful. You know, you could actually see the bottom. I mean, you know, because I've been to a place in Florida where they said, oh, this was such a nice beach, clear water beach. And I thought to myself, y'all actually calling this a beach? You know, it didn't compare to our beach. It didn't compare to our water. And it's not until sometimes we go away that we take it for granted. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I really don't like to go swimming. But I like to go to the beach and I like to just go out sometimes and just relax. Sit there, relax. But God created it. God created the world. There are people who live up in the mountains. God created the mountains. They think the mountains are so beautiful. How many of you ever seen mountains? Mountains are beautiful, right? Huh? You from... You know, and it's, you know, the whole carved shape, and it's like, how did that happen? That's God. You see, God placed everything in the right spot. God placed the sun and the moon in the exact spot where He wanted it. Of course, we know if the sun was about one inch, one millimeter closer, miller, whatever, centimeter. See, I've been out of school too long with the ruler. If it was one closer, we would all burn to death. 
One millimeter, right? It's the smallest, right? Millimeter? Millimeter? No, I want mile. I know a mile. Want some, right? Want something either way, right? Anyway, God placed it in the right spot. If it went one, yeah. Thank you, Evan. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I believe Evan, you know. Anyway, let's just say Evan's answer, you know. Evan's probably smarter than me anyway, you know, so. I, you know, I, I ducked that class when I was in school. Anyway, but God placed everything right where he wanted it. Nothing was by mistake. Nothing is creation by mistake. But then he goes on to verse 4, and he says this. What is man? What is me and you that you are mindful of him? What is man? You have created all these beautiful things in this earth. You have created the sun, the moon, the stars, all your handiwork, everything that's around us. You have created it. What am I? Who am I? Who am I that you even think of me? That you want a relationship with me? That you even care about me? That you allow me to be a part of your ministry? Who am I? You see, sometimes we need this reminder all the time. Because, you know what? We get prideful. We think that, oh yeah, I'm important. You know, God, huh, you really need me. You know, I, you know it, it's a blessing to have me a part of your family. But it's a blessing for us to be a part of his family. It's a blessing for us to recognize that, you know what? God wants a relationship with us. He is mindful of us. See, God could have done this all on his own. He didn't need any of us to do anything. But he allowed us to be part of it. He allowed us to be a part of his ministry. He allowed us just to take part in this. You know, I asked you at the beginning to describe man. And I don't know about you, but I fail all the time. I fail God all the time. But yet he is mindful of me and he wants a relationship with me. He wants me to be a part of his ministry. You know, and, and I know a lot of you in this room, um, probably maybe half of you, even next week, will be helping Vacation Bible School. And I know some of you, you were there because, well, I need community hours. Some of you are there just because, you know what, I really don't have nothing else to do. Some of you are there just because your mommy and daddy are making you go. But let me just tell you what responsibility it is that God has given us to do that. To be a part of Vacation Bible School. That he would allow us to be a part of that. And that's what I'm the first one here to tell you. This week has probably been a stressful week trying to get all the stuff straight for Vacation Bible School. And sometimes you feel like, well, why do we do this? You know, I was, joking with, I was actually joking with Terrence today and said, maybe next year I'll just tell him I don't want to be doing this, but I was joking with her because I ain't got no choice. <laughs> if, I went to them on, if I went to Deacons on Sunday and said, you know what, I don't want to do VBS, they'll probably say, all right, see you later. You know, but it's a great responsibility that me and you have to be a part of. And even when we think that our job isn't significant, even when me and you think that we are very insignificant and we are, 
God looks at us and says, you know what? You are significant. Because you are a child of mine. Because you are a part of me. You know, and I think too many times we just, you know, take things for granted. You know, I, I think sometimes, like, especially living in the Bahamas, our Christianity and everything is like taken for granted because we always hear it. We can go to church anytime we want. We don't have to worry about nobody busting through our door tonight. Well, actually, we, we live in Nassau now. But um, not to kill us for our faith. You know? Not to kill us for our faith. But there are people oh, in China, other places, that have to just go on the ground just to, to worship God. But yet, me and you have the Word of God. Me and you have the opportunity at all times, the freedom. We don't have to worry about in school. If we open our Bible, somebody's going to say something to us. God is mindful of us. He wants us to recognize just how much He loves us. And it goes on in verse 5, and says, You have made Him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned Him with glory and honor. You have given Him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under His feet. As we remember, what did God tell Adam to do? What was, what was the thing that Adam, what did God tell Adam to do? He was in charge of what? Hmm? Everything. He was in charge of the land. He was to name all the animals. He was to do all these things. God said, Adam, do this. Couldn't God have done it? Couldn't God just have said, you know what? All right, I'm going to do what I have to do. No, but he said, man, I want you, Adam, to name the animals. I have placed all these things under your feet. You know, when I, when I think of this, this particular chapter, it always reminds me again of just the responsibility that God has given us insignificant people. Told a prayer people, as Chris said, that he would want something to do with me. That he would give man this responsibility. As I think of creation, I think of all the, the water and the mountains and the fish of the sea and everything. Who fails God the most? We do. I don't know about you, but you know, we're stubborn people. I'm a stubborn person. Who, who agrees with me? Anyone else in this stubborn? <laughs> huh? You agree that I'm stubborn? Thanks. We're stubborn people at times. You see, I said my wife was stubborn, but I don't want to get in trouble. But anyway. But we are stubborn people. And you know, in one of the Psalms, God says that even the rocks will cry out. It's so many times as me and you as human beings, we fail God daily, but yet He still wants something to do with us. He's mindful of us. You know, how does that make you feel? It goes on again, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds, the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the passage, all of this, 
I have placed under your feet. All of this. But then he ends, the psalm ends with what he started with. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Do we live that way? Do we live a way that we show that God is majestic? Do we live in a way that we show that God is awesome? Do we live in a way that people would know that we and you are different because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ because of the way we live? You see, the psalmist here, makes, he wants to make it very clear. David wants to make it very clear. If you miss it the first time, don't miss it this time. Oh, Lord, our Lord, you are majestic. You know, what do you normally do? I don't know about you when I was in school, but you repeat things, right? Why do you repeat things? So you can remember it. I think this is something that we need to repeat. We need to just think about. Lord, you are majestic. Let's say it together. Oh, Lord, our Lord. Don't echo me. Say it together. I mean, I know school's out. Together means all in unison. Let's say it in all at the same time. Not echo. All right? Let's say it. This is in Prince of Peace. All right? This is in time to echo. All right, let's say it. Oh, Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth? I didn't see the year part, but anyway. But let us be reminded of this. This simple thing. And you know, like I said, in the summer we're going to be a little more free and looser and it's not going to be as long. But let's just take away this truth. That God is mindful of me and you. He is majestic. And he wants a relationship with me and you. No matter what you have done, he wants you. He is mindful of you. He is mindful of me. And because of that, our response should be worship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you for that you are a majestic, you are an awesome God. Father, you are indescribable. Father, we could say words all night to describe you. But Father, I pray tonight that this awesome and indescribable God would show in our lives. That we would recognize just how much you love us. That you would send your son to die for us. That you would want this relationship with us. Father, I pray that you would just be with us as we go into our small group time. Father, just as we just see how everyone is and just focus on this truth that, Father, you are mindful of us. And we just thank you and we praise you for all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.